0: everyone, this is Coach Mark Nolan, and welcome back for another episode of Don't Outkick Your Coverage and our company, The Kicker Zone. At Don't Outkick Your Coverage, we are the only podcast dedicated to the high school athlete and their parents who may not have a full understanding of the issues facing them today. And with the recent NCAA changes and my background of having trained thousands of high school athletes and their parents the past 48 years in the college athletic scholarship hunt. I cover many of these issues in my number one best-selling international book, College Athletic Scholarships, The Path to Recruiting Success in the New Age of NIL, The Transfer Portal, and Post-COVID Scholarships, which can be found on Amazon and over 20 other outlets. I hope everyone listening will purchase a copy, which will help us continue to grow our brand. And speaking of brands, today's sponsor is Rettinger's Fireplace Systems, located out of Voorhees, New Jersey, and one of the finest hearth places I know. Since 1995, Rettinger Fireplace Systems is a family-owned business started by Dave and Alexis Rettinger, who operate this awesome company that offers a complete line of gas, wood, and pellet, burning fireplaces, stoves, and inserts. I've seen firsthand the amazing job Dave and his team have done over the years. Dave's mantra is, where details make the difference. And it's no wonder why Rettinger Fireplace Systems has won so many local and national awards. Please stop by and see the great staff for your fireplace needs. They are the go-to fireplace company. You can reach them at 856-783-5501 or the website at www.rettinger.com fireplace.com and just about every other social media outlet they have on there. Finally, when you do go in, say hello to David and his family for us here at donut kick your coverage. Lastly, we've had some really truly amazing guests recently on our podcast, having huge impacts on our podcast these past two weeks and saw a jump of over 478% of our podcast. So hopefully you'll take a listen to them and the others we have done. And for today's podcast, I want to welcome another awesome guest and one of my old-time friends, Mr. Dave Brader. Dave, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. Hey, thanks a lot for uh, for uh, sticking with us for about the next 45 minutes to an hour. I'll do our best to keep it clean and uh, stay out of the political realm for, for anybody else out there. So, you know, Dave, I've got a couple of questions for you. Uh, and I want to start out by, you know, why did you start on your journey of wanting to help young athletes out and especially specialists that you work with and like the young man you worked with today?
1: Well, it's funny. I was listening to one of your other podcasts a couple days ago, uh, but, uh, with Jamie Cole, and there are, there are a lot of roots that go back to one person and that person's Ray Pelfrey. And yes. I think, uh, Ray Pelfrey gave a lot of specialists an opportunity that they might not have ever or that we might not have ever had um and a uh and a desire to truly coach uh athletes um from a from a much different uh uh perspective uh than the uh the 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 old the old school high school coaches who were teaching you how to hold the ball in the top elevator drop and just let it go <laughs> right. um. And he was he was truly a student of of the game, uh, and and especially the position. So, I think a lot of it really was Ray Pelfrey, um, just believing in in a lot of guys like myself and giving us opportunities. Now I know there was uh, there are some other things about him, good and bad, but um, <laughs> I think uh, I think really ultimately he is uh, he is a big reason why I got into this to give back, and and I. I I'd I'd be remiss if I didn't also say uh, two other guys. Louie Aguiar, who who worked closely with Ray for a couple decades, and Kelly Goodburn, um, who uh, also – those two guys poured a lot of time into me. I think we lost you there for a day. Okay, good. Um, and then I had two randomly I had two coaches in high school. Keith Harder, who had a little stint in the uh with the Jets, uh, but he was bap- he was a Baptist kicker. He toe punched. There um, you go,
0: the old toe punchers.
1: And uh, and then another guy by the name of Doug Hanser, who worked directly under or with a guy by the name of Doc Story out of Illinois, who was a he and he and Pelfrey go back to the 70s with uh with trying to perfect the punting and kicking game. So that was why I got into it. Uh but then as as the, the rest of it goes, just being able to see the uh why be a different story.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, great, you know, great lead into some of the uh the all-time favorites that you know you and I have known for, for many, many years. And you know, probably most of the younger specialists listening to this and their parents. You know literally had no clue so they're probably out there using the google search engine right now to find all those guys uh, you know that that we worked with and you know you're right it's we all i, I think all of us dave you know share an appreciation for the the people that um uh, that we were fortunate to have you know in our life uh back then you know many of us be, many of them became uh, you know like our, our second fathers in in, in some regard you know, for that hour or hour and a half that we were on the football field training, so you know it's a it's it's a big difference when you're trying to understand the difference of just being a a, a high school coach that walks up to you for five minutes and says, "Hey, what the hell are you doing?" You know, compared to you know you and I and others that spend you know countless hours working with uh, with the the coaches. You know, when they're when they're in season and even out of season. You know, when we're trying to help them you know, find the scholarships or help them find their path into the CFL or, or even the NFL. So, uh, you know, I guess my question is, you know, how did you get into the business? Cause you know, you and I both came out of having our own companies or, or working for a while. So, you know, me from the technology side, but you know, I spent almost every weekend working with the kids. So, you know, what was it that made you focus on saying, Hey, I'm, I'm still going to have my corporate job but I really want to spend some time with these kids.
1: So I'm in commercial real estate full-time and it's, it's kind of a up and down business, you know, and yeah. uh, it really gave me a lot of flexibility and freedom to go out and coach. And there wasn't anybody, Louis Aguiar was in St. Louis, but he had taken a job with the jets and he could not coach. So he came to St. Louis when when he took the job in with New York, I filled that, void in st louis and kind of took over guys here and that turned into coaching in the midwest it turned into coaching the the, the bigger picture um but the, the passion behind it is is everything that you say i mean it, business is great business is fun like our, our real life stuff but coaching these kids giving them something that they've never had before coach truly coaching technique focusing on technique um uh, that's why i got into it because i saw a lot of guys coaching who were not doing kids a service um of of actually coaching technique there are a lot of guys who run big camps and who run showcases uh but those kids end up getting into uh into college or wherever they're going and they don't have the technique correct and recognizing and knowing that i could i could help with that technique and i could uh I I could be there to do it uh and had an understanding of it that was that's why ultimately I got into it.
0: Yeah. And you know it's funny because uh I I remember a discussion we were at an NFL combine me and you and one of you, at one of Houston's uh camp and uh you know you and I share our love for a punting over kicking and uh I know Michael used to always give us a hard time because you and I would when the, when the combo guys you know the quote unquote combo guys would would show up to to, to kick with us for, from the punting session standpoint, you know, they would go down and do their 40 or 50 kicks from the hashes and everything else. The next thing you know, they, they jot, they, they come down to see me and you and they were horrible. I wouldn't say they was a horrible, but you know, you can, you can, I can always tell a combo guy, you know, like you can within the five first five minutes because their technique they from a punting polished. is ugly.
1: They were not polished.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. They <laughs> far, far from it, but you know, to Michael's point, they were, Hey, you know, and, and, you know, our argument used to be and our, and our son's the same way, you know, our son, Mark Christopher, you've met a couple of times, you know, like, dude, you know, as a former kicker myself, you know, we take three steps back. We take two steps over, you know, we adjust for the wind. We find out where we are in the hashes and we kick the ball, you know, and we got a guy holding the ball for us. Who's most of the time a punter like me and you, you know, from a punter standpoint, you know, God forbid what's happening. We got a snapper doesn't know where the ball's coming when it's coming, where it's going, left hip, right hip, high, low, you know, directional, directional Aussies, rugby rolls, you know, skies, everything that you know, we have to do is truly technique. So I've, I've said for years that, you know, kicking a ball on a scale one to 10, eh, I, I'll give it a six. Punting is like a 17. You know, we just got so many adjustments we have to make during the game. So, you know, I wanted to – I wanted to, you know, dial in on not just the technique side of the house, but, you know, going back to now is one of the things you said is the fun part is, you know, working with these kids and helping them develop a technique, helping them get better as a technique. And that's one of the things that you and I love. And we, you know, we became brothers in that regard early on when you and I first met. What's one of the things that's your least favorite part of the job?
1: Oh. There are a couple of them, but I, again, listening to some of your, your podcasts and, and hearing the parents be be one of the, the parts of that, I, I think, I wouldn't say the parents are the bad part of it. I think the expectations are oh, the bad absolutely. part of it. Um, yeah. And uh, that, that's, you know, even on the, I think the, the hardest part of it is coaching a high school athlete and a high school parent. Especially now, and going to your book, you know your your book. I've I've shared that with a few parents already. Thank you. uh, Because the uh, the the world has changed, and college coaches aren't willing to bring in a a high school senior, even really recruit a high school senior. And if they do, they're not gonna. They don't have the luxury to give them a year to get better. Correct. The the college coach doesn't have that luxury anymore. They have to have a kid come in right away and perform and perform to the expectation of the transfer kid who just left after being there for six Correct. months. Correct. So my my biggest frustration or or the the biggest negative side is maybe it's a learning experience for me, but managing expectations. You're right. Um because you know, you have these kids who go to these these ranking camps. And it's awesome that they go to these ranking camps, and and there's certainly a a need for that, I I, I would say. Um, But the reality is, if you're not the best in St. Louis, and I'm talking the best of the best in St. Louis, you're not going to get recruited more than about 250 miles away from here. But because there's a huge expectation by parents and players, Right that they're going to they need to get ranked five stars to get recruited by um you know a a delta state or a uh, a smaller d1 school or d2 school timu right. or it's something like that fall- it's a fallacy in in my opinion because those coaches if they can get somebody they're going to take whoever walks through the door yeah it's the bigger schools that those schools they don't want to take a 18 year old yeah Want somebody who's proven themselves in games they want somebody who has college experience uh you know, I've, I've dealt with it the last two or three years at at a couple of our schools in, in state who we work with on a regular basis they're not recruiting anybody young anymore they are solely going to the portal yeah i have a i have a i have a kid we we coach uh since he was a junior in high school played up in the northeast and he's going to be He's going to be transferring to an SEC school as a grad transfer. He's going to have a better opportunity to play there as a grad transfer than he did where he is at school, because they kept bringing in grad transfers. Correct. Correct. So you know, it's Notre Dame, your alma mater. Yeah. A, a kid I worked with a few times growing up, uh, Blake Groupie. The kid is the kid was a phenomenal kicker in high school at Smith Cotton. Kid was a outstanding kicker at arkansas state he goes to notre dame at five seven 170 pounds and he wins the starting job and is the starting kicker at a big time school as a grad transfer right he would have never had that opportunity at all had he not been to uh arkansas state for three years four years whatever it was prior to that right notre dame would have never even looked correct. at him. correct so managing expectations to me is the worst part of our job uh because parents and kids don't want to hear the reality right and and you talk about the eye test yeah um i say it as i e y yeah uh that a kid has to pass the eye test and they have to do that with me too Um, uh, but a parent will call me and they'll say hey uh, so-and-so Johnny wants to, wants to learn how to kick. Great. So Johnny comes out to kick. Well, one of my first questions always, and it's probably, I'm not a heightist, I promise, but I say, how tall is mom? How tall right. Is Dad? Oh yeah.
0: Yes. I do. Same thing. If it, DNA.
1: If they tell me that dad's five, seven and, and mom's five 2 I'm like, Hey, great. You know what? Let's, let's see how you can kick <laughs> the reality of it. going any, any farther than high school. Um, is is probably not like Yeah. Um, but if I get a if I get a parent who says my kid's a kicker and uh dad says I'm 6'3 and mom's five ten, I said they're not gonna be a kicker much. That's younger. right. It would move punter. To a punt. Yeah. Yeah. So managing expectations, bottom line, is it's it's not the parents, it's not the coach, it's managing expectations to me, hands down, the hardest part of the job um that I think we have as as, as, as anybody who's coaching young athletes, yeah,
0: no, yeah, you know, Dave, you make you make a great point because you know, you know, when we talk about the eye chart test, you know, I uh, interviewed a guy for in the book who was the all-time uh, tennis coach, uh, winningest coach at uh, Florida State yep. University, right? And he said, you know, yep. my eye chart was look, I know exactly what I have to get for my tennis guys. You know, they they have to come in a certain way because I've been doing this twenty years. He said, so I know who's going to make it. Who's not going to make it? Now look, he says that I miss one or two guys, maybe. Yeah, okay, but and shame on me. He says, but I've got limited amount of time. I've got limited places I can go. I don't. I'm not an FBS football coach. I don't. I've, I don't have a private jet. I can fly all over the place. I got a couple yeah. of uh, showcases that I can do. And if you're not in the in the mold of what I look for, I'm not going to be able to recruit you. You know, I, a, a funny story I had. Um, you know, Johnson was at Georgia Tech. Coach Johnson, I knew him way back when, from when he was at Georgia Southern and in the Navy. Well, I had a young kicker that I trained. He was uh, five seven, five eight, maybe five eight, and uh, he goes down to the camp. and uh, I, I told Paul Johnson he was coming, and I said, "Look, have a great time with the camp, enjoy it. You know, it's probably not going to be able to get. You're not going to be able to get into it just because you know Paul wants six foot two, six foot three, you know, guys, and you're five seven. Now, unless you're going to get on a ladder." And be on the third rung of that ladder. You know, he ain't going to get to you know six foot two. He comes back and goes, "Well, uh, Coach Owen, I was offered a PWO." I said, "Who offered you a PWO?" "Well, one of the trainers." I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> no, the trainers don't offer." So to your point about managing expectations, the, the funny part is when when you and I and others see people we're talking about, I try to manage the expectation when the guy says, "Hey, you know, my son kicked a 45 yard field goal." that's awesome. They like, can't wait to see him. You know, then I'd look at us and send me his video because they always have videos, right? The parents, they're the first ones you send. I don't even have to ask him for the videos. Oh, let me send you a video. Yeah. Great. I, the video, it's a composite ball. You know, the guy's taking 19 steps to the ball. You know, he's got a 20 mile an hour wind behind him. You know, it's on a yeah. two inch block and he's, uh, you know, he's 13 years old. I'm like, okay, great. You know, so to your point, those, <laughs> managing those expectations are are key, David. I mean, so I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, we did talk about like what what's one idea that the experts, you know, in our field say that either drives you crazy or you disagree with um, recruiting and ranking issues that goes on, and and how do you look at that situation?
1: Well, you know. Uh... Listen, I'm not in this. I'm not in this business to become a millionaire, and um, I, I think at the end of the day, there are some guys who are making a lot of money in this business. Oh yeah, um, kind of selling false hopes yeah. and dreams. Um, and I'm not. I mean, hey, you know what? There, I, I get it. I I totally 100% understand it. I don't like it on the baseball side. I don't like it on the tennis side. I don't like on any of those sides. Yeah. I don't like the seven on sevens. I don't like any yeah. of that stuff. Again, it's false. You're selling false expectations to these kids. Yeah. Anytime you, you tell somebody, Oh, you're ranked. You're in the top 10%. Well, of of every kicker everywhere, right. of their class, right. of school. where are they? The top 10%. Uh, and, and when you're, when we had, a, we had a kid a couple of years ago, who his dad lost his job, so he couldn't go to a handful of these camps Mm -hmm. and these showcases. Mm -hmm. And uh, he ends up dropping from number 12 to 18 to 24 out of the top 36, ends up going to a state school, and uh, they recruit somebody else also who had moved up the ranks. And these kids would kick every day side by side the five-star kid never outkicked this kid whose dad lost his job and couldn't go to these camps anymore. Wow. But because dad had spent, uh, the other kid's dad had spent thousands of dollars the last, so it would have been uh really, really late junior year to early senior year, the number, this kid just fell down the rankings or up the rankings, uh, down the rankings. I I think to me, when you're telling kids that they have to go to these camps, they have to do this. They have to do that. That to me is the, is, is the worst thing in, in our industry. Tell a kid to learn technique, right? Because they go to college, uh, technique and discipline. When, when you go to these camps, I just had, one of the, one of the young men we coach, I just talked to his his mom on Saturday or on Sunday. I'm sorry. Um, he had been in a, at a showcase, um, a regional showcase, not any of the big names, by uh, just not any of the big-name guys. Right. He kicked for two hours straight. Wow. Now, that's a lack of discipline wow. on my part. you're not kidding. Right? Lack of discipline or or, or maybe lack of um, coaching on my part. But he kicked for two hours straight. Then they, they had him come out to have him start charting. Wow. There is one there were two kickers at this camp. Uh the other kid tore his gro- tore his groin. Mm. Because they were both kicking and kicking and kicking. Mm. This is a there's one guy who's running this camp for them on this organization saying, Oh no, you gotta keep kicking. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. There was Jeez. no coaching going on. Jeez. He was just having them kick to kick yeah. so that it made feel like the hundred dollars that they paid for this camp were worthwhile. Well, that's not that's not gonna help it so again the discipline that these coaches that they you know they go into these these two-day showcases and and nobody's even watching them kick unless it's the 10 charted balls that they're gonna get don't have these kids kick that many balls tell them you're only gonna kick 20 balls all day that's good yeah. take your to warm up and then kick or take whatever whatever warm-up regimen you have. And then go chart. So if that means you need a half hour before you chart, take that time. The mom did say, if it hadn't have been for me coaching him and the last eight months, that it would have been a totally different story because this kid, the other kid that got hurt was using the same technique that this other kid had. Mm. So at least this kid had the right technique and was using his big muscles to kick the ball instead of the small muscles that... Some guys are coaching now for some reason, swing, kick field goals with your groin yeah, and kick I, off with your, quad. I know Jesus. I mean, I can't even, and that's a big time person who's <laughs> coaching. I'm like, what are you saying? Going to kill <laughs> So anyhow, that, that, uh, the, the overkicking that these, that these coaches allow to happen to me is, is one of the worst things in our industry. And, and you know this from everything else in life, right? You, you, you get in bad habits. When you, when you get fatigued and you see a good result, you get in bad habits because mentally you think that's what you were supposed to yeah. do. Neil Rackers, who works with us um, or worked with us, um, always said when a kid would say, I need one more. Neil said, I missed a kick in the playoffs and we lost the game. I didn't get another kick all year. Yeah. You don't get one more correct. Kick. Correct. You also don't get one warm-up. Correct. Everybody's watching that warm-up. Every single person, when they when you're under the gun, they're all watching it. You don't get that one warm Right. That that's another thing that drives me crazy with it. So I uh I would say those those two things, uh in our industry or yeah. three lack lack of coaching technique, yeah. allowing kids to overkick, and then giving kids extra chances to either perform or to warm up or to hit that last ball. None of it, none of it's going to make those kids a a good kicker when they get to college. You're,
0: You're right. You know what? And Dave, it's, it's, it's pretty funny years ago. I'm going back maybe 10 years ago. Um, I was, uh, I took a kid to a number one in the, in the rankings on, on both the, you know, the, the big boys charts. And, uh, we had a camp in Atlanta. I was helping the one coach out. Well, another kid who had been going to this one coach for a lot, had had Bobby gone ten or twelve times, right? Uh, they were doing the final charting for the competition. It was thirty. It was a thirty-five yard kick. The kid had already signed a you know commitment to go someplace else. Uh, he misses it. Well, uh, this one particular coach who ran the the camp was like, oh, you know, uh, hit another one. And my guy's like, whoa, 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 what's what's this all about? I I made mine. What do you give him a free before? So after the camp, I just said to the dad, I said, "Look, you know, he spent about forty-five hundred to five thousand dollars with so and so. You guys have spent about a thousand. So who do you think is going to get the extra non-bias looks? You know, it's not going to be him. It's going to it's going to be the other guy. You know. So to your point, the the extra kicks, the over kicking, the kicker's knee. I've got uh, one kid. Uh, I think I talked about in my book. He went to seventeen camps, Dave."
1: Yeah, you and I it's talked three and about and half this weeks. one.
0: I mean, talk about how crazy – I mean, they were talking about it's the world tour. Hey, so and on his world tour. So, you know, we all share that commonality, and I think that's part of that expectations, Dave, is, you know, from a parent standpoint, how do we accept the expectations? Or do we really just let them go because they want to get a picture taken on social media – you know, with their uniform on, sit standing next to pointing a finger with uh, the current kicker or the current punter or the current head coach, yeah. and then next thing you know, yeah. they they spend thousands of dollars just getting pictures taken, and they have no offers. So, I mean, I think you, you know
1: from yeah. so point. I have a funny I have a funny story to that. Uh, I had one kid a couple summers ago went to I don't even know how many camps over this, and it's been, they're all basically now. Smashed into yes, exactly. So, and it's not. This is actually. It's not even. It's not a funny story at all. It's. It's. It's a sad story. This kid was hands down the best kicker, I have ever coached. Had the strongest leg. There were a couple other guys, um, Tucker McCann, Austin Siebert, Siebert. Oh yeah, Austin uh, Siebert. Okay. Mm -hmm. They were. uh, They were all in the same class. This kid's name's Donovan Gagan. Hands down. Hands down. Strongest leg out of that class. No question about it uh had a hard time adjusting to the technique uh but he was also playing soccer oh yeah and played soccer yeah. year round and played club soccer and there was this he went to all of these camps couldn't go to enough camps couldn't go to enough camps went to uh went to um uh, just a couple showcases blah, blah blah and played in the state cup would come to practice with us i'm like dude you got to shut it yeah. down like again some time you are going to be fatigued sure enough just soccer upon soccer upon football upon soccer and in missouri soccer and football are played at the same yes. time so yeah. you get a lot of overlap where kids just go to soccer practice and games but only go to one practice a week for football which i think is also i don't think it's the best Crazy. Thing for a kid but um so this this donovan has a I didn't ask him permission to tell this story, so I, if he ever hears it, I—I I mean, I've told him this. We've talked about it in the past, but he plays in a soccer game at four o'clock or five o'clock, whatever time. Then has a football game. This is the first game of the year. Rips the rectus femoris off of the clock. wow. Oh, that's a long one. That's a long. One. He had already had he had already had offers to go to Memphis. Wow. They end up allowing him to walk on at Memphis. But it took him a full year to rehab that quad mm. while he's down there. He's trying to kick. He knows he's not start. I mean, he's not going down there to start. Elliot was down there, so he uh, wasn't gonna Elliot. be playing. Um, and he goes in there and he, he didn't ha- he never he never regained that strength to kick a football mm. the same mm. way. So he ends up going to a uh JUCO in Kansas, punts, ends up walking on at Kansas. Um and, and is a punter and holder at Kansas for the next, for his last two years. But most of it is because one technique wasn't solid and where it should be. Two, he overkicked by going to so many freaking camps yeah. over the summer and going to so many and playing all these soccer games. And I don't want to take any of that stuff away from a kid. Yeah. But what I would, what I would want to do and I, what I tell parents to be cautious of is limit what you're doing. So, so again, managing expectations and going back to that, I I have every kid tell me their five goal, big goal schools, their dream schools, five ideal schools that really they, they fit into height wise, weight wise, leg strength wise, academically, they have exactly what they want there, um, from, uh. From a student body, there it's the it's the size school that they're gonna really be comfortable and fit into. It's same distance away from school that they're comfortable mm-hmm. with. And then there are five fallbacks. Mm-hmm. And find which of those schools are doing camps in June <laughs> and pick out four sure. or five of those schools. Chances are there's gonna be a, one of those schools that has what we call the mega camp, and uh they're gonna have multiple coaches That's there it. anyhow. So identify some of those schools that might be a better fit, anyhow, because two or three of those fifteen schools might be right. Oh yeah, yeah. And and then you're not overkicking. So over the course of that month, you're managing those those days. So actually, starting in May, well, we'll get into that in a minute. And by the way, you and I could talk. We've been on this call for thirty-one minutes. We could we could talk on this stuff probably, because to me that our 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 passion with this and and. Trying to just educate kids and parents into what they really should be doing because it's not what it was 10 no, years ago. No, and 10 years from now it could be even worse. So I mean, I don't
0: know what's gonna happen with the chance portal. It's it's not gonna end, right? You know, Dave. I mean, so you know, one of the I, I think where where this passion comes from is me and you is seeing kids who had a really big promise you know, get overextended, whether it's from an you know, FMS standpoint, from the functional movement screen, playing too much soccer, where you get one hip dominant over the other and then try to come back and kick, or they're playing soccer. Or, you know, I even have parents, you know, they tell me, Oh yeah, my son's got to play three sports because the college coaches learning to play three sports. I'm like, that's a myth. I mean, first of all, your son, if he's good enough and he gets a counted scholarship, he's only going to play one sport unless he's a Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that. Right. So if your son's a kicker or a punter, he's not going to play soccer, you know, in college, probably. And you know, if they play college soccer, they're only out of the out of the 20 kids on the team right now. Some guys actually have 26 players on the soccer team. You're only getting four or five that are getting partial scholarships. So it, yeah. it's this, it's just to your point, the managing of those expectations uh is, is one that I, I I like you drill it into the kids' heads. You know, it's great. Hey. Not every kid, I had a camp a couple weeks ago, Dave. You know, I do small-sided camps. I told the parents when we first got there, hey, look, by the way, go to Starbucks, get a six-pump, latte mocha, triple stirred, whatever you want to do. Go get a beer. Go check your emails. Look, Nick Saban is not going to be at this camp. There's no scholarships coming down to this camp, so breathe. Take your time. Enjoy yourself. Come on the field. Watch your kids kick. Have a fun. Take videos, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, the, the one thing I think that goes on, Dave, is that, you know, in, in the specialist world, and as there's other ones, you know, they, do, you want, do you believe they should go to one camp over another? Do you think they should go to a couple different camps? Do you look at regional camps over
1: national camps? And What's your feeling about that? Well, I think it comes down mostly to that kid and what that kid is capable of doing. Um, I am unfortunately, probably by nature, uh, a little too brutally honest with a lot of the, <laughs> the coach and the and the, the kids I coach, and um, I, I, it's also a good yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I I think again, if if you're the top, if you're the top three or four in St. Louis, I am going to tell you absolutely it's probably worthwhile to go to a couple of these national camps because you need to see where you really stand. Absolutely. Um, Now, if you're, if you are a kid who is, you know, you're a, you're a sophomore and you're five, eight, five, nine, and you can barely hit a 35 yard field goal. Um, You can't get more than a three, five on a hang time and you can't catch a ball. I tell you, probably spend that 500 bucks on some lessons. Uh, maybe, maybe instead of telling me you don't have footballs, maybe, maybe use that $500 to go buy a couple sure. of footballs. Uh, uh Maybe use, maybe use that $500 to go to a, to find a personal trainer and, uh, and learn how to lift. Maybe use the, the FMS stuff. Maybe, maybe, maybe understand what your body's doing and why you're not maximizing your power um but for the kids there there's there is a there is a right place and a right time for everything right. right I mean that's there is there's absolutely a need for for that ranking system but these colleges have gotten away from using those folks to run their camps now part of that's NC right but the fact that they've gotten away from using those camps to me is a is a big thing. Uh they're not the ones running those camps anymore because I think really ultimately those guys were the 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 five star guys were the ones being pushed in. Anyway. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and you're gonna go in there and you're gonna be a three or four star guy in, in in those rankings, but you're the best one there. It's hard for that, it's hard for that high school coach or that sorry, that college coach to not take notice of that kid. Correct. And then when other people are getting pushed, Oh no, you got to look at this guy though. He's way better. Yeah. He's not, he just hasn't been. Yeah. And you know, David, you, you
0: raise a great point because I, I I know one kid in in our son's class, this is going back 2013. He was supposedly going to get an offer uh, from LSU. Okay. Well, right before the camp starts, there's a notice on Twitter or one of the social medias. Hey, uh, so-and-so just got offered by LSU. Well, you know, this one guy who was running the camps had told all the guys, look, they're going to offer down at LSU, blah, 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 blah. You know, but unbeknownst to the other kids, that kid who got the offer had already been dialed in a week and a half to two weeks before that camp. So all they were trying to do was get the numbers up for the LSU camp for those guys. Sure. Right. I mean, sure. That, that's what it came down to. I, you know, as, as we know, those guys, that's that's their summertime job. That's why all of a sudden oh, yeah. on social media, you know, hey, cutting to our camp, we're offering, we're offering. And and then after the camp is over, there is no offers,
1: you know? Yeah, well, that's that brings up a whole nother thing. So I get these, I get these text messages from parents or or kids. Hey, I just got this handwritten letter from so and so in Wisconsin, so and so at Arkansas or whatever else. I'm like, hey, that's great. Do me a favor. Screen, take a picture of it and send it to me two minutes later hey i just got this from this coach and i said does it look like this uh yeah i said well hold on There are going to be about 15 more of these so sure enough all of these kids come back and they all have the exact same letter i'm like and i'll tell kids hey on sunday bring all the letters you have and so we'll, we'll walk into if we're inside we'll walk into the shop and there'll be There'll be ten kids there. Eight of them got the exact right. same letter, <laughs> and they're and the parents are like, "Well, what what does that mean?" I said, "You tell me what that means." In this group of ten kids, are you guys? And and again, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to manage expectations. Right. Are any of you guys? Do you guys have a leg right now who could punt at Wisconsin, or kick at Wisconsin? Do you meet anybody on their stat on their roster right now? Are all of their kickers juniors, seniors? Are they sophomore, pre- freshman, sophomore, junior, senior? Are they five eight, five nine, five ten? Where where do they where do they fall into yeah. this? Yeah, and uh, yeah. you know it's it's just it's setting that expectation with the parent that that letter that you just got is not that special. No, it's not. But what it is is it's given these college coaches a chance to make ten or fifteen thousand dollars
0: exactly
1: in, uh, in a one day camp yep. that they get to pocket as their salary because they're only making 50 or 60 grand because they're not getting paid as, as the way that they should be. That's right. That's right. Um, so they have to do that. Now, if I, uh, if a college coach and I, I get it, it's just, you know, it's, it's part of the world. It's part of the game. Yeah. So I get all that, but on the, on the uh, punting side of it too, you know, every year at our, at the Lindenwood camp, um there are about 30 to 40 colleges there every single year every single year a couple coaches come watch the guys pun and kick every year and this goes back to i'm going, i'm backtracking way back i don't know any of those guys that are there kicking right so i don't have any bias right, one or the other. right. we're facilitating we are facilitating a camp we are not running it we are i mean we are running it and facilitating we're not sending out oh this is the best right. guy. you're not this recruiting guy.
0: you're not recruiting
1: so these coaches that are there they're hey anybody notice anyone up top who is really good any we're looking for a punter and and somebody'll somebody'll say oh, I'm 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 a punter and, and we'll look yes they were up there punting okay great what other sports do you play I play soccer okay that's it yeah that's it okay <laughs> <laughs> another kid comes up oh yeah I I play soccer or I play I play baseball and basketball oh okay you're not gonna drop a snap you can do this you can run <laughs> and and it is almost I I tell every kid and this is going back to what you just said the um three sport athlete force those are those are those are not like it was when you and I were playing yeah exactly the demands are way too much but if I can find a snapper or a punter or a kicker who plays those other sports and not just soccer, I think soccer and kicking a football, I I don't consider that a two sport athlete. Right, 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 right. Um, but you get, you get a multi-sport athlete. It's a different mentality generally. Um, and hand eye coordination, hand eye coordination, uh, just developmentally, they they Mm -hmm. think differently. Mm -hmm. Um, I, one of the things that I try to do with, um, anyhow, well, we'll get into that later on, but your, your question about the camps is that I I don't think you, you go to three or four camps, four or five camps in June, manage the days that you kick. Don't do them day after back to back. Correct. and, Correct. uh, And then be realistic with where you're going and why you're going to those camps. Don't just go to a camp just to go to a camp, have a purpose behind everything that you're doing. Right, And right. Without without a purpose, none of it's going to matter anyhow. And,
0: and no, Dave, that's you. you bring up a great point. I had I have a young man whose father listens to this podcast, and so does he. Uh, we were training last week, and he said, "I said, so what camps are you going to?" I, I knew kind of which ones she was going to, but he was like, "Well, I'm going to go to Alabama, and I'm going to go to Arkansas right after that." And I said, "You mean the next day?" And the mom was there, and he said, "Yeah." I said. So why would you go, first of all, you have no relationship. This is where it comes into the realities, Dave. You have no relationship with the Alabama folks. Now, Scott Fountain, who I've known for close to 20 years, yeah, right? Sure. He, you, you've been following him and he's been following you on for the last, you know, year and a half since you first got involved with me. So why would you want to not do well at his camp? So if I was you, I would not go to the Alabama camp because you don't know anybody there. And first of all, you're only a rising junior. Not going to, not going to offer you. And why not go to Scott Fountain's camp who you've been following and who's been watching your film with me training you for the last six, eight months to a year. That's the camp you want to do well at. And then take another couple of days off and go to another camp, you know? And, you know, Dave, I will guarantee you as much as you and I are sitting here talking, the parents are still going to do what they want to do. No doubt. There, listen, Dave, you know, I I can go back to the seventies. We used to get letters, right? College letters, as you did too, right? We would get 10, 15, 20, 20 letters, 25 letters. Hey, you know, we're having interest in you. If I would have taken all those schools home, well, first of all, we didn't have social media back then. I think the closest thing I had to social media back then was our nuns, you know, and the priests. That was about it. You know, but nowadays it's all about the social media aspect of it. And that's, that's what leads into the stars. You know, it's, I don't know if I told you this in one of my podcasts, but you know, the stars rankings came out of Michelin tires. Yeah. (laughs) They had one star back then. It was because, Hey, here's the, here's the best place to go to get your car repaired over in France. Uh, So if if you had the attention, Dave, uh, you know, the whole high school recruiting world for five minutes, And what would you say to them? And I mean, you know, you've played multiple sports. I play multiple sports and it just not is football. Cause I believe that just in my book, I talk about it's, this is a global issue. I mean, the parent issue is a global issue. I was on a phone call yesterday with a lady that that does a lot of work with young, uh, young teens uh, on the soccer side of the house. So what would you say to the high school athletes and their parents right now? If you had to, if you had for five minutes about, you know, what the issues are and how to and how to uh make him go away so to speak or manage them
1: the first one be realistic if you are not realistic with again your expectations uh you are going to be very very um dissatisfied with the whole experience yeah and then it's going to be everybody else's fault, but your own. Yeah, and the reality of it is, it's your fault that you set your kid up to be a five-star <laughs> shortstop when the kid can't even throw eighty-five miles per hour across the diamond. Yeah, That that's yeah. not a shortstop. He might be the best fielder in the world, but he's going to need to go be Chuck Chuck block I mean, he's sure, not sure. To else uh, it, it it managing those. be realistic with yourself. If, if, you know, I, I tell kids all the time on the kicking side, visualize, you know, track what your ball does. Where's your ball play? Where's your ball crossing the upright or crossing the crossbar in relation to the uprights versus the next kid. If you're over the uprights, we happen to have 30 foot uprights where I train. So it's really good.
0: Excellent. Uh, Justin Tucker rule
1: so you can see how high you're actually hitting the ball yeah well if you're hitting a 40 yarder and it's barely going over the uprights and or sorry over the crossbar
0: oh crossbar yeah
1: and the next kid is hitting that same 40 yarder and it's a third of the way up the uprights and then the next kid comes in and he hits it and it's over the uprights and, and it's still going yeah guess who's getting looked at so <laughs> be realistic with what you're really trying to do
0: yeah, Good
1: and point. Uh, you know if, if you're a long snapper, if you can't get downfield, you might need to go work on some footwork or go oh, to yeah. go to a school that that that's what they're that's what they uh that that's what they're doing. Uh, yeah, because you can't you got to play into the system. So that's another thing. Why, why why are you going to look at a school again? The eye test where you're they don't have anybody on their roster who is under. 510. Right. Who is lighter than 180 pounds?
0: Yeah.
1: You're just not gonna, you're not gonna fit. Um, and you know, one of the best things and one of the most honest things, you know, get on a track, man. Let 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 that or, or look at oh your, yeah, look at numbers. the apex. Yeah. Look, look at your numbers so you can see where you really stand next to somebody. Then pour all of your eggs. Once you know where you really stand, maybe you're gonna be a D2 guy go to every single d2 coach call every single d2 coach and then and then go earn it go be, yeah, go go pester them enough but your work ethic's gonna have to be different than the next guy that they're talking to um you know th- that's that's part of the other thing be realistic have a good work ethic um i happen to be and i i don't know why it still matters 40 years later 30 years later but i'm an eagle scout there you go so, I, there, there's something that goes into having to earn stuff. Yeah. Work towards something. Right. If, if I'm not willing to go get in the gym still to this day. And I, I see a couple of guys post. I'm just getting into the gym for the first time in 15 years. We're coaching high school kids. You don't need that 400-pound guy being the strength and agility guy or and ability guy. That's the wrong guy. You need to have, to have that track athlete who's there coaching your 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 speed and conditioning. Right. I can't go into somebody, and and even though I can't punt or kick the way I used to. I've got to be able to show these kids what to do, right? Well, these kids have to be doing that on their own. Correct. have to be in the weight room they have to be getting uh, their academics taken care of if they're not doing any of that the parents are not being realistic with what they're gonna get out of this experience no, so yeah right be realistic focus on grades be be a good community member don't be an idiot on social media the Nil stuff a punter kicker you're not getting, any you're not of that getting it right yeah. now so yeah. don't even think that you're that that you're that there are going to be a few. There are always outliers, but yeah. the reality of it is unless you're the the best kicker or the, the maybe the best kicker at, at, at the best state school, you're not getting anything. And that's going to be a membership to a country club Well, right. Anyway. right. they're not, right. they're not giving you millions of dollars to go kick a football. Right. You know, it's funny because we, you know, uh, you know, as I was
0: an army ranger, so we, we always, you know, we're like you said, I'm an Eagle scout. We don't say I'm a former Eagle scout. I don't say I'm a former Army Ranger. You know, we, we are Rangers for life. We are Eagle Scouts for life. I Not that I was one, but I have a great friend of mine that had four boys. All four boys became Eagle Scouts. Um, I got a friend of mine, Al Vaughn, that I think I've talked to you about before. He's 71 years old. He's the only seven-time Mr. Universe bodybuilding champion. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. just won at 71, cancer survivor, Vietnam War vet. He's in the, drink, he's in the gym six to seven days a week. He just won five, uh, other trophies, right? First place one. And he talks about the expectations. You know, he keeps on saying, Hey, listen, in high school, he did 3,333 sit ups in one day. School has hasn't been broken since then. I think that was 1969 or 1968, but you know, his expectations were created because he was a foster child. Mm. He had a rough bringing up, you know, uh, you know, I've shared my stories about, you know, the, my parents' divorce and stuff like that. So how do we, how do we manage those expectations? I, I think it's funny, Dave, you know, to your point about the, the recruiting world, those managing those expectations, I try to tell kids, listen, if you start ticking off these, you know, you shouldn't start with the P5s. I mean, it's great that you think that you are, but you're a small pond. You're in a big fish, a small pond. So why don't you go to the D2 schools, go to the D3 school camps, right? He's talking to those coaches, because those coaches are awesome coaches. Some of those coaches have been there 15, 20, 25 years. They're not going to go pop on a D1. They're, I mean, they're not going to have Kirby Smart kind of numbers or Riley's numbers. They're not going to get $10, 12000000 million. But they are awesome coaches. Start with them. Develop a relationship yeah. with them. And I don't mean – DMing back and forth. I mean, I I hate that when kids go, I say, did you talk to the coach? Well, uh, yeah, I talked to him. No, did you actually talk to him? Well, no, I I sent him a text. Right. Okay. So, (laughs) you know, and then what's crazy on top of that, Dave, is we got parents who are trying to manage the Twitter accounts of their son or daughters, right? And what's funny about that is most of the guys that I see now that are GAs, that are on staff as quality control guys and stuff like that. They're the ones who are really sending the DM to the kids. No I doubt had, about it. No right. doubt about it. Exactly.
1: But, a, yeah. a mom or dad coaching this GA. Yeah. Yeah. This GA. And the conversation isn't even too. <laughs> right. <real. You laughs> I, 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 told,
0: I told one mom, I said, listen, you're putting semicolons in on a text message back. There's no 17 year old kids going to put a, a semi yeah. She goes, Oh my yeah. God, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. They're all, they're, they're, they're all catfishing each other. <laughs> I mean, it's, That's what's crazy about that. I mean, I, that's why I love having these discussions with you because you know, you and I share those commonalities of why we're trying to get these guys to do it. So, you know, my next question would be about the billboard. Let's say we got a huge billboard. Okay. In downtown St. Louis and you know, metaphorically speaking if you could put anything on there to the millions of people or billions of people uh, across the united states what would that billboard say
1: well similar to your sponsor what did he say discipline in the details yes yes so i yes. Uh, everything with a purpose i mean to me if you don't have i don't care what your purpose is just have a purpose with what you're doing and uh i mean it is, it is the, <laughs> just do it with a purpose. Everything with a purpose. A purpose. That's
0: great. Um, so about that, are there any quotes that you live by or things that you say to your, to your, uh, to the, the kids you work with and, and to their parents? I mean, is there, there's something that you really says this, this is something I live by every day?
1: Um. Well, I, I, I think it's, I think it's probably character. I mean, I hope, I hope uh parents and kids I coach see that families of, of guys I get to be lucky enough fortunate enough to coach see that but one of the things this is a, another sidebar but and I, and I think we talked about this with you um a a dad of a guy we coach two two kids we coach Andy Lensons his name he was at one of the NCS camps huh. uh that he said okay. used to run yeah and uh he said something at one point in time. I can tell which kid is coached by which coach. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, most of you guys, most of the kids here, because we all kind of have the same philosophy and coaching technique. Correct. Most of the guys coach the same way or, or most of the kids have the same technique, but they all act differently depending on who they're coached by. Right. right. And it, it was interesting that, You know, we have a, uh, we have a very, we are, we are, as coaches, we're gifted something very special to be able to be in these, involved in these kids and families' lives, Mm -hmm. whether it's for one lesson or for eight, 10 years. Amen. And when you get invited to their weddings, when you, when you do that kind of thing, that, 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 that's, that's, but there's a reason that they do that. There's a reason that the parents want them to keep being coached by you. Um, and it is it is more than being able to kick a football through the uprights. Mm-hmm. It's when the kid's having a bad day that you pat them on the shoulder and say, hey, shut it down for today. Yeah, I don't right. need you taking this negative stuff home with you. Right. Shut it down. Go punt one ball today instead of right. kicking. Uh, go run around the track all time. You, you'll probably have your best 40, 400 yards ever. Uh but it's it's uh it really is for me, and, and I and I I was fortunate enough again to have coaches and, and high school coaches too. Um but if you are willing to put the passion into those kids, pour your passion into those kids, but also discipline, also expectation, mm. um, all of a sudden you're not getting just a good kicker punter or shortstop or whatever. You are getting a kid who can manage mentally what they're doing. Uh, They're not afraid to have conversations with an adult. Um, They are all of a sudden you have created a kid who is going to be a young man, who is going to be a father or or daughter or husband or um, parent mother whatever that has learned how to manage expectations learn how to deal with the good and the bad and that is where the um when when a coach when we're coaching their kids that's what we're getting that's why parents what i I truly believe parents are coming to stop to to us and and guys like you and me over and over is because we are giving their kid that life lesson. It's not oh, just yeah. kicking a ball through the uprights. Yeah, no, you're yeah, I mean that that's
0: that's so Dave, that that's so true because you know, o- over the years I've seen and, and like you, we, we've got kids that uh, are awesome kids. I I have I have almost every one of my kids is a yes, sir, no sir, you know, got it, all that kind of stuff, right? And the parents are as well. And those expectations that we have built into them, I really do believe. I have one kid who uh, was getting trained by one-on-some, you know, training, as I call it. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and he came back to me and he said, hey, can we try one lesson with you? I said, oh, absolutely. And sometimes I'll get the lessons for free. Uh, funny, I sometimes give him a Catholic discount, you know, if they go to a Catholic school. Uh, but and the dad thought that was funny. He came to one lesson and I, he said, well, you know, I'd love to see if we can see if we can work out. But, you know, we just signed up for the six months with, you know, one-on-some. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great, uh, but I typically don't like to have, you know, myself and another coach training the kid. Well, a week later, he came back to me and he said, "We're not training with so and so anymore." I said, "Okay, fine." So, you know, again, to your point, a lot of times those parents rely on us to be the facilitator of the things those kids are doing, and, and hopefully, you agree with that. Dave, you still there? I think we may have lost you for a second. I don't know if he's on. But if he's not on, we'll take a brief time out to once again talk about the kicker zone. Uh, we've been doing this about 48 years. And uh, you know, when I, inter- when I have people like Dave on, uh, sometimes we have these technical difficulties, which we're having right now. Uh, so if we don't get st- catch Dave in the next 30 or 40 seconds, I'll, I'll end the call, and we'll see if... Um, I don't have any music going on. I don't have any of my 60s music, but uh, I am trying to make sure that we stay focused on having a great conversation with Dave and other folks. Um, I think maybe ladies and gentlemen, Dave is not going to come back on. He may have had to jump off. So I'll tell you what I'll do, ladies and gentlemen, I'll end this for right now uh and then hopefully i'll try to get uh, dave back on for the second part of our show and we'll go from there so once again thanks very much for uh, for joining in on uh, uh, the kicker zone and don't out kick your coverage and please if you like this episode and the other ones please feel free to to like us on social media and give us a, a five-star review uh and hopefully you guys have an awesome weekend and for now this is coach mark nolan signing off. Have a great day. God bless. Take care, everyone. Thanks again, Dave, for helping us through this episode, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Goodbye.